Talk about everything under the sun about parenting. Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast. And for today's episode, we will be talking about the wonders between babies and food. Um, this is like uh, something that even I myself struggle pretty much because uh, we always want our children to eat like a variety. And even my eldest son, he's like a little bit picky, you know, he, when he eats something that he don't really like, he tells me that he's full. Although he just like ate one mouth and five seconds ago, he said he was very hungry. So uh, today I'm very privileged to have uh, this uh, person she is somebody that I newly know, and I will allow her to introduce herself. And uh, some of you mummies might actually know her because uh, she is actually, uh, she, I've seen actually some other mummies actually talk about her on like the Facebook forums and stuff like that. That was actually how I got introduced to her. So uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Yi Ting. I'm a dietitians here currently doing private practice here in Malaysia, running a company called Simba Balance Nutrition. You can find me on a website, simbabalancenutrition.com or Facebook and uh, Instagram. Okay, so I've been um, practicing as a dietitian around 10 years for now. So was before was living in Canada, graduate, uh, get my degree in Canada, as a um, bachelor degree in nutrition and then master in applied human nutrition in Canada. So after that, I've been working for almost nine years in Canada before I moved back to Malaysia. So right now I've been resident in Malaysia, clang here with my family. So I work in private practice and running a small, small business just doing online consultations and um, love writing article regarding children nutrition and feeding the, uh, uh, feeding strategy or any related to picky eating pregnancy prenatal um, I love to write those kind of article and sharing with uh, whole lots of parents and even grandparents as well <laughs> yeah so thank you Esther invited me to come to the podcast this is my first podcast uh, so I'm very excited. So I hope everyone learned something today. All right. So today we will actually be talking a little bit more on like early years because I think mm. uh, that are like uh, the more crucial period where uh, our children are being exposed to foods and uh, I don't know, textures, varieties and uh, unhealthy food. So uh, when let's start on like, let's start really about like at introduction, usually we're talking about six months or mm. right? So usually that's like the standards. Although there are some people who start at like four months, mm. but it is believed that it's a little bit too early, right? What do you think? Yeah, it's too early because a lot of research showing that uh, the baby is not ready until six months of age. Um, so, so yeah, so if that's the four month, they're already showing readiness. Um, we always encourage parents to really uh, 
consult your uh, dietitian or maybe your physicians um, to make sure that the baby is ready. But uh, if the baby like kind of like in the, you know, one or two days showing very interest, they can sit very unsupported then we, we maybe try one or two meal, but if the baby become like crying and fuzzies, then don't, don't force them. Yeah, then just, just wait. wait. Two months. Yeah, wait for another two months. That's not, not too, the, the, the milk, the formula, or even the breast milk is still the main source of nutrients. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start on the topic of BLW, which is a uh, flat mm -hmm. weaning. All right. So I, are you pro baby led weaning and why if you are pro or you are not pro baby led? Okay, so basically um, I have a six years old son. So um, when I get into the baby led weaning this term, when I have my son, actually that time when he was around five, six months, I, when I was still in Canada, I actually, this story is like, very funny it was six years ago so I went to I'm a dietitian but that time I have no much of experience in pediatric so I actually went to a nutrition class which is run by another dietitian mm -hmm. and then she was like talking about like you know how to start solid you know the texture the shape and every single thing and but after the two-hour class I went up there and asked her do you know what is baby led weaning? Have you heard about that? Because I want to know what's the recommendation. Because I did, my friend was adding me into a mommy group in a BOW group. I was like, oh, I never learned this in school. Never mm -hmm. had this article come up in my nutrition textbook or even any, um, any like, article or even like dietitian discussion or anything. Like even the dietitian of Canada or everything that like, we don't discuss it yet. Even the practice guideline, we don't have that guideline yet. So then I went up there and asked her, she said, nope, uh, you can start the solid, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, and you say, and then later you can introduce finger food. So nothing about the baby led weaning. So after baby turned six months, then I come back, I flew back here in Malaysia because I have one year maternity leave. Come back here in Malaysia, then I practice baby led weaning. So I follow what the mommy group and you know, people recommend, you know, what food to start with and uh, safety, how to introduce and mm -hmm. things like that. So I starting to, uh, you know, putting puzzle together. So what I have my knowledge here, then what I learned from the internet and starting that time was like BOW was really starting to pop. Yeah. And everyone want to follow, but still have no direction and things like that. Then I start uh, then I went back work. Then I start training myself. And at the time, our dietitian practice guidelines starting to coming out and saying that okay, baby led weaning, and some dietitian were running workshop, and then so I'd enjoy them um, for uh, the workshop and start learning the food safety and how to safely offer food. Mm -hmm. So I was literally like, all oh, makes sense. So the, a lot of reason for me to choose baby led weaning at the time is because it's make um, the meal time more enjoyable because I'm the person I am not want to do the ice cube thing I don't want to like prepare every single thing ahead of time you know and then freeze it um, I, I feel like either buying the already pre-made one because that time was the dietitian was introduced like using the pre-made one 
at the store and then she's showing some of the homemade puree and something like that. I was thinking, do I really need to buy a new blender or something? So at the time I go home and doing research and combine mm -hmm. my own personal knowledge, then I found that the baby led weaning is actually work for my own personal life. Okay. Yeah. So I can involve my baby in the family meal time. I don't have to run him behind and feed him. Because mm -hmm. this is what the, the grandparent doing, you know, when we were young, right? So, and um, when I put him into the high chair, um, usually they will have a more positive attitude toward the food. They start expose, exposing the food in front of them. And then I find that the fine model skill, the fine model skill develop quicker okay. when you offer in a, the, the finger food. Um, and then we'll talk about appetite control because I know Esther have asking me about the baby uh, fullness cue or hunger cues. And then they learn to eat safely. And even I know lots of parents concerned about gagging and choking, but um, baby actually learn how to eat safely as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're less picky and less obesity because they, they know, they listen to their hunger cues and um, their hunger cue and fullness cue. So they're not going to overeat. If you're doing spoon feeding, some baby may be overeat. Okay. They pass because they keep their, offering it. Yeah. You keep offering, you keep pushing the food into their mouth, right? And less picky, um, that's depend. Not, uh, we, we, we saying that less picky because picky eating behavior is quite common. Okay. So they can like some food today and then they're not liking the food for the next two or three weeks. So this is a typical picking be picky eating behavior, but we're talking about the less picky uh, eater is those extreme picky eater. So they eat less than 20 food in the whole, like in, in the whole month or, or whatever, in the whole week, they only eat less than 20 or maybe even five, five foot only. So that's what we're talking about is the extreme picky eating. Um, and then also no game or no treat for the baby. So you don't have to like doing airplane, you know, like putting iPad in front of them and feeding them. So everybody will be sitting down as a family and eat together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what the reason I choose uh, baby led weaning, um, and I always promote that. And even the some parents unable to do a full baby led weaning, they do like you still spoon feeding and then uh, mm -hmm. some finger food. Mm -hmm. You still you can still follow some of that concept too. So. I mean, I'm also speaking for myself because a lot of parents they have a lot of reservations on. Uh, BFW also because they feel that it's a bit messy and mm. dirty. Obviously, the food will fall everywhere, yeah. and and um, they are also concerned. Usually, the older generation they are more concerned about like choking, mm. uh, gagging. So, so as you said, uh, the the child will learn how to uh, eat safely as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, okay, first thing, what convince if a mommy, if a parent, like it doesn't matter if it's mom or dad, what, con like if parents right now listening, if they want to do baby led weaning, but the grandparents or whoever the caregiver, 
um, even the teacher or even a daycare caregiver, they don't agree with that. But I want you as the parents think about if you, if you insist to go to baby led weaning, what convince you? What convince you first? So think about the reason. What make you think about you want to go down on this road? Why you want it? Why strong to determine? I want to go for baby led weaning. Is because of what? So think about the reason. What convince you? Then you start to step on the shoes on why other people not want to believe this. Yeah. So of course, one thing is messy and gagging and choking. And then they don't know how to offer finger food. They don't, they, you know, like uh, they, they feel like what kind of size that you need to shape or you need to prepare for the baby, um, you know, thing like that. So if you had that qu question online, like the list out, then you can start answering question and be cool, like calm down. Don't argue, like, because lots of parents will be like, argue with the grandma or, you know, caregivers that, why are you so stubborn? Why, because we know we raise up like that, then you are, you are not listening what I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. And then they start arguing and then everyone is not happy. And then, then the grandparents have to be like secretly hiding somewhere else to feed the baby with the spoon feet. And then the parent was like so angry and go like the Facebook group and complain about grandparents. And that's not, that's not enjoyment about meal time, right? So first thing I, the, I have few steps to let parents understand that most important is to make sure uh, whoever the caregiver or the grandparents need to understand at the beginning of the meal time is about learning and playing. Okay, when you start learning and playing, learning and playing, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months, this three, four months is a stage. So when they start six months, the, the whole BOW concept is about learning and playing first, not about hungry, not about baby come to the food, they need to eat and feel full. So the, the, the first main concept is to let them sit there learn about, oh, this is the food that is edible. And I can play with that and it will be become messy, okay? So that, that's the first thing the parents and the grandparents need to communicate with. So it's not about filling them up, okay? And then they should, uh, they should not offer the baby solid food if the caregiver or grandparents should not offer the baby uh, solid food when the baby is hungry for milk feeding. If the baby is very fuzzy, you put them on the high chair and then you expect them that can eat the whole bowl of porridge or a whole like four or five broccoli, that's, and then they become crying, it's time for them to having a milk. The milk is still the main source. It's not using the food to calm them down. You need to make sure that they are uh, having their formula of breast milk. They feel full, they're happy, and then for another half an hour, you put them on high chair and then let them experience the food, learning and playing. Yeah. Yes, right? So that's the two main thing. And then when, the grand, when you talk about baby led weaning, right? So you say, okay, uh, uh, you tell your, your mother-in-law, you tell your own mom, then I want to start giving solid food and I don't want you to use a spoon to feed them. Then they, they start saying, no, 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not raising every baby up like that. So then you, you want to really calm down the, the, the conversation. You, you're not going to be arguing with them. You want to be stepping in their own shoes. Why are they having questions for you? Like, you know, so uh, what convinced you going to convince them. So you need to let them to be lower their worry. So first thing you want to let them know, okay, I understand what you worry. Even that I first time I'm seeing this kind of concept of feeding baby, I'm very excited and very worried as well. But when I start doing more research, I, uh, the dietitians, maybe you went to a dietitian class or you uh, consult your own physicians or your dietitian, or you, you look at a lot of resource online, you learn a lot of things, you read the book, and then you tell your parents, don't worry, we are doing it together. So it's not whole responsible is your mother-in-law doing that. Is you and your caregiver doing all together, learn together, right? So that will make you step into their own shoes where they're coming from. And after that, you show them strong research because they probably more worry about gagging and choking. And then you can show them research because um, a lot of people were saying that uh, you, mm-hmm. you, you feed a puree will be less choking. But actually, the research has been showing that if you transition baby to, like, because we if we start puree, ideally, you have to start puree, uh, you, 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 you transition the puree into more solid finger food will be around eight to nine months. So by eight to nine months, baby have to start eating more finger food. So it doesn't matter what approach, feeding approach, poor baby, uh, the pure baby led weaning or just the TW plus FF, you still have to start finger food by around nine months, okay? Doesn't matter. The baby still have to practice and learn. So uh, the choking rigs, the rigs of choking uh, still happen for baby who went to the praise group, okay? Mm-hmm. Because they still need to learn at that time around nine months, mm-hmm learn how to process the finger food mm-hmm. into chewing and things like that. So mm-hmm. the choking rate uh, is not lower for a puree baby. So yes, you, you still have the gagging and choking, but uh, you want to really tell your caregiver what's choking look like, what's the gagging look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, and then you want to show them um, the information or the resource that you find online and then you don't want to be make them too complicated, mm. okay? So because they can be very scared because this is their first time doing it, and you can show them where they can get courses, they can get um, correct information even from a dietitian website and thing like that. Um, they can get the CPR courses and infants uh, rescue whatever thing like that. So lots of uh, nanny or maybe caregiver that should have that certificate for that, and then. If the deal is not is not go like you know the grandparent will say completely no, then then just let it go and you can let them practice pray at grandparents' house or caregiver house, and then you can practice finger food at home. You can start practice finger food right at six months. You don't have to wait until you know like completely pray until nine months. You can still starting at six months as well. Because like I say, the goal is not about eating, it's about learning and playing. All right. 
So when you come back at work, even six o'clock, seven o'clock, put them on high chair. You bring them back from childcare, and put them on high chair. Let them play. You you steam some veggies. You put some rice on the the tray, and so they can play with that. So they some people learn. have this um idea that playing with food is very wasteful. Uh huh. You and 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 it's like a real, it's a legit uh. Concern, like oh no, isn't that very wasteful? You know, so. Mm-hmm. But the think? thing is, you don't have to put the whole bowl of rice or whole piece of salmon for them to play, right? You probably only give a couple tablespoon only, and a couple tablespoon um uh just a two two slight like two broccoli for them to play with. So it's not like you wasting the whole. Broccoli for them to play the whole thing, right? Because you're still eating that broccoli on the on the dinner time, and then you just give them two to play with, and then you explain it. Um, this is broccoli. That's how broccoli look like. Even they are six months or seven months, they're not exactly like understand what you're saying. But they the the appearance, the texture, the shape, the color will make the baby more interested on it. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is actually to. Uh, make the baby be interested. In, yes, and, and then the sensory as well. Yeah, because a lot of baby might have sensory issue. I'm also focusing on uh, more sensory, uh, sensory kind of point of view because a lot of extreme picky eater they do have sensory issue. They don't want to touch the veggies because they feel like very mushy, and uh, anything going to their mouth is very like. They don't want to kind of like mushy food and liquidy. Um, they want more crunchy, more hard, something they can chew on. So that's lots of sensory issues. So that will help them to develop fine model skill and the sensory stimulation. I suddenly remember that uh, when my son was um, six months old or seven eight months, he was actually very scared of broccoli. Yeah, the son that I told you that he loves broccoli. Like he goes yes. to the dinner table and he's like, I love broccoli. He was uh-huh. the one who was really afraid of uh, touching yeah, broccoli. Yeah. Because whenever yeah. he look at it, right, he feels like it's so foreign. But yes. ironically, he actually likes it now. And mm. uh, he 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 just really don't like like maybe tofu. Mm, yeah, my son don't like tofu. Like no tofu, more, no mushroom. <laughs> white and milky. Yes. Uh, if, if he makes, it makes him feel that it's related to breast milk. <laughs> because oh. of a joke that I made. Because <laughs> <laughs> of a joke that I made one time when I was eating uh, ice cream because I don't yeah. eat junk food in front of my children. So yes. was one time I was just feeling very like, oh yeah, I don't want to be so sneaky anymore, right? But I sometimes I, I don't mind offering them uh, ice cream, but I don't want them to eat too much, you know? Yes. So I took out the tub of ice cream that I nearly bought and I have no idea what it is. I just like, uh, anyhow bought it off the shelf when I was doing at the supermarket. And I also find it quite milky because I'm not really a dairy person. So mm. I'm eating it and then he was like, hey, mama, what are you eating? And I was like, I just for that moment, just being playful, I just said, oh, it's a mama's milk because at that point of time I was still breastfeeding. Yes, and ever and and immediately he was like, and, and before that he just ate like a couple of spoons. So he started like uh, tasting his mouth. He was like, and then I offered him the ice cream. Right, he he then mm. then 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 he said to me, oh, it's okay. I I ate already." <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't. So ever since then, anything that's white, creamy, liquid. <laughs> Anything that is this category, 
he he cannot. That's why he cannot do McDonald's ice cream. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> he can only do chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anything white, hey? Yeah. yeah. So I totally like. I don't know if I regretted that or. Yeah, but it's just well. It's you totally can let like play to start playing with. Um, you know, if you have time, I don't know, you, like, you know, coming up, you have number three, then you can let them start playing with. I call them sensory food play. So um, just take a small portion. I know a lot of parents concerned about food waste, but small portion of the, the food that you're preparing off, let them to play with. The, 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 the goal for the food play is not want them to eat. Like I say, the, it's about learning and playing and let them experience the texture. So with that about choking and gagging, right? I just want to ask, like, um, mm. uh, is it a must to cut blueberries and grapes into half? Okay, yes, because our throat, okay, the airway right here is, if you have a round shape of food, it can get stuck, right? So you have to cut them into quarter. To, so the baby, anything, so I will give you a tips. Anything you can squeeze, like even you forget to cut them into like quarter or half, squeeze them like parent before you offering them. You, if you, anything you can squeeze it, mush it, just put the blueberry or the grapes, you can, you can just like kind of give squeeze you a it. Yes, small squeeze and give it to a baby. Okay, so anything round, hard. I never knew, you know. Mm, I yeah. never ever cut for, yeah, for me not really because lots of parents were really worried and for me my son is around two and we, we, we give them blueberry I, I always stand beside him and tell him make sure you chew your blueberry make sure you chew your grapes or even nuts um, I know the, the guideline was saying that no whole nuts until three more than three so I was like, mm, my, my son, no, because I love eating, like I put, I make granola, I make uh, cookie, I put lots of nuts, right? So he will see me making it and he want to taste it. And then he would just take the whole almond and eat it. Then I always make sure that he chew, okay? So before he swallow it. So, but again, for the safe side, yes, uh, the guideline was saying that no whole nut until more than three. You can slide them, you can grate them, you can, you can make them into powder to feed your kids. But anyway, so if you, your kids are more aware about like chewing and then you keep reminding him, they can start chewing. So, but still for the safe side, you need to slide them or cut them into quarter. Usually for them. us, we will be watching them eating. Yes. And, we and will I, be watching. I didn't know, right? And I'm actually mm -hmm. quite easygoing, right? So I just give yeah. Them, yeah. I look at them, eat then. And then because my second son is a, uh, very in love with eating so he's like oh you know the very moment you put it in his mouth he will chew it but there was yeah, one yes. time it was a funny incident that uh, I, I actually brought some blueberries out to a play play date with my son and yes. I offered it to another kid and then the mom asked me uh who's actually my friend say yes can these blueberries be eaten they were like I was thinking in my heart I still didn't get it you know I was thinking uh -huh. in my heart I washed it you know I think yeah. then she meant oh, that, yeah. she meant that isn't this choking? Mm, <laughs> and yeah. I was very, very like shocked. Guilty or something yeah. like but for me it's like, oh, 
I never, I don't do that for my child. Yeah. Only recently when I feel that uh, my second son, like he is very anxious because he doesn't want people to steal his food. Yes. He will just like put the whole thing in Grab the and eat yeah. it. So no. now I cut the, I don't cut the grapes into half at the yeah. very least. Like yeah, well, at least cut, cut it into half. Yeah. And because some blueberry is still very unripe. They're very hard. Some blueberry wow. very ripe. And then um, is when you the moment you put it into your mouth and then they already can you know squeeze yeah. in and chew it right but some is really hard yeah like and because these days unripe. the blueberries that the children are eating are the like the jumbo ones they look yes. like grapes <laughs> yeah 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 so I just exactly. want to know like what is the opinion about that no for me at the time i was not actually really kind of concerned and um because he know how to choose i, mm-hmm. I watch him to choose I I, I, yeah i watch him i not just leave it uh, without paying attention right so i would just keep, keep, keep reminding him at least 50 times before he grabbed the blueberry right so so yeah so um so for all parents for the safe side yes you need to cut it yeah because of your airway yeah. Uh, the the round shape can stuck. Yeah, please cut it, okay, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of parents also have uh, concerns on uh, food allergies. Mm. It's kind of like a thing that it can be quite annoying for me because once again, I'm very easy going. Mm. To me, I always have a belief like if you don't overthink it, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. If you overthink it, I think the bird shit is just gonna fall on your head. This this has always been my philosophy, right? Yeah. So, but a lot of people, they always jump the gun. They're always like, the mummies, they'll be like, oh, oh, do you think so? He will have like, allergy, blah, blah. Yeah. or they will be very specific. Like even the child is already seven, eight months old. They'll be like, oh, they cannot eat eggs. Oh, why they cannot mm-hmm. eat eggs? Oh, they might actually have uh, egg allergies. But I did read an article that it is important uh, that we introduce all these allergens to them early so that yes. the body actually can build the the immunity and get accustomed to it so i just want to understand a little bit more better Mm. on this okay for the allergy word it has been changed a lot in the past decade Mm -hmm. so from the beginning we were saying that okay no allergen so i I want to let parents know what is the food allergens let me because i i'm probably missing something i have notes here um i want to let the parents know that what what is the common allergen so for sure is eggs fish, shellfish, which is including shrimp, lobster, crab, milk, tree nut, almond, walnut, cashew, hazelnut, and peanut, soy, wheat product. And um, in Canada, we do um, including sesame and mustard. So I think a lot of countries don't including the sesame and mustard in it because we use mustard lots because we make like people eat lots of sandwich anyway so um so yeah so the most common one people concern is the egg and milk and wheat product and nuts um but but to be honest for my experience western country and asian country western country they're more concerned about the food allergy okay so um they're more high risk and more common for the young kids to getting a lot of food allergy but in asian even i have a lot of filipino when i was in canada i have a lot of filipino a client they, they're not concerned about it at all when i doing the introducing solid consultation i say oh, i'm not worried filipino we are asian and we're not actually allergy or anything so i'm not worried about that so so yes so actually asian um uh, not very high risk of a lot of food allergy but, but still milk and eggs and um 
nut products. So it can be quite um, common to see baby have a little bit of red spots after you offer anything and that. But this is, this is due to some of the food that may be very acidic and mm-hmm. then there may be some reaction because it's new, new to the body. The protein from the certain food is new to the body. The body needs to take time to adjust okay, to recognize that new protein coming into the body. So they may have some small reaction, but again, we cannot, um, we cannot really t- um, um, make this uh, worry too big, like make a parent very anxious, you know, think that, okay, I cannot offer this, I cannot uh, offer this until certain age. But, um, but the recent research has been showing that, yes, the early offer your allergen food, the earlier is better, okay? So yes, you can offer eggs, even egg white at six months, white at six months. Peanut butter, same thing. You can offer it at six months. Fish, six months. Uh, what else? Wheat products, so like if you're buying any like rice, uh, quinoa, or midlets, you can offer it at six months. So, uh, but the thing is, as long as you don't have high risk uh, food allergy in your family. So for me, we don't. And uh, for you, probably you don't. And your husband never tell you I allergy to fish or allergy to eggs. Then you probably never think about because never this kind of uh, incident happened in your family, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you never hear somebody need, um, go to the hospital because they eat something or um, they need injection or something. So that's why you probably never have experienced that kind of food allergy. That's why you, you never, when you off, start offering solid food, you never really think about this can be too uh, very serious. And then, so that's why you just keep offering, right? Whatever food available in the household and you just keep offering. Um, but for some family, if they have very high risks, if the parents, both parents have food allergy or the sibling, like the brother or sister for the young baby, then if they, the brother already have egg allergy, already been diagnosed by the allergist, then we need to concern for that. We need to make sure that we offer the, if you're starting offering the baby new allergen food and you need to maybe watch them for a couple of days mm. mm-hmm. so, so for, for 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 people like me i, I usually just offer like you know like an egg i'll just give them the whole thing right yes um but for people who are really concerned what would be the amount like recommended amount to try okay so first thing you want to offer in the daytime Okay, in the daytime, early day, don't offer it at the dinner time because you cannot watch the symptom and, um, and reaction happen. Um, for food allergy, reaction can happen right away, 20 to 30 minutes after you ingested the food. But um, sometimes you can go up to about two to four hours, like, you know, after you eating that food. But sometimes some reaction like diarrhea, stomach pains and things like that, it can happen up to like 24, 36 hours. So that will be like next day. So that's why when you're offering food, you want to start in the small portions, okay? So if you have high risk, so we, let's talk about the high risk family. If you have a high risk baby, like if you want to offer egg white or, or milk okay. product or anything like that, so then you are maybe just start like just a couple teaspoons and uh, then you, you stop and then you watch for uh, the, the symptom or reaction um, the rest of the day. And the next day you, you continue offer. And then so to is see- Is there like a standard structure how a parent should uh, 
introduce uh, foods to the baby because I, I read that uh, the parents will be like, okay, uh, today I will introduce say, peanut butter and then yeah. the next couple of days or maybe one week, two weeks, it will always be peanut butter and they will not introduce any more new food. And then they will wait for like, after that, then they will just add on the list in a very, very, very uh, structural manner. You, you can do that if you're very concerned, if you're very anxious parents. But it's not necessary, you, right? No, no necessary. Because make I yourself... Whatever. <laughs> yeah, because when you... At the same time, if you offer the allergen food, let's say you offer peanut butter, you're still offering fruit and vegetable because this is not allergen, allergen food, right? So this is all safe for your baby. So just the peanut butter is kind of like in the common uh, food allergen sections. So, but you still still offer your baby rice and noodles and you know puree fruit and thing like that. Those are safe for your baby already, but you just kind of like putting the peanut butter into a little bit more monitor the symptom and the baby reaction as well. Yeah, yes. probably uh, with doing that is a little bit more like um, uh, they they probably want the child to be a little bit more accustomed to the taste. Yeah. So. Um, is it is it a typical practice? Like, am I missing? Not 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 really. You not not really. Everything have to go right. Yeah, go on the family schedule. Like, if you are a, you love peanut butter for your breakfast, or you you love yogurt and cheese for your lunch and thing like that. So, um, just go with your pace because um sometimes, but um with a lot of research we have been reading is if the baby initially rejecting. It can be sometimes showing the instinct. The baby know they already re- uh, allergy to the food. Maybe they rejecting sometimes. It's not because they don't want. Maybe they just because they don't know how to talk, right? So they mm-hmm. just want to tell you, oh, "Mommy, I'm allergic." So probably six months too early for me. Maybe wait until another couple of weeks and see if my my digestion system get mature then you can start uh, offering. But still, like if the very well-planned parents, they can write down the food that they want to uh, introduce, especially those uh, food allergen that I, I mentioned. Um, you can say, okay, for fish for three days. But at that three days, I still offering a lot of fruit and vegetable and rice and noodles mm-hmm. for the baby. Then next week, I will give eggs, right? So then I still, same thing, I, uh, the, the fish I'm still offering because the fish is safe then I can start offering more fish. So after you tested the food allergen, you still have to continue offer them. Don't just stop. Okay, fish is safe. Then now it's off the table. Then wait until another few months and we offer fish again. No, you still, you can start introducing different type of the fish for the baby. One of the very common uh, things uh, that parents are always uh, talking about is lactose intolerance. The what? Lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance. Yes, yes. Um, I I read, <laughs> I read mm-hmm. an article that it's not true because there are actually really really people who really has lactose intolerance. It's actually a very very small percentage, and a lot of times it's just like maybe your body is just reacting to it. Mm. But a lot of doctors actually, they, they, they sort of like just tell the pa- parents that your child is lactose intolerance. Mm. And so the parents have to like rack their brains like, oh, okay, what kind of milk powder can I give? Mm. Uh, and then they try to keep changing, you yeah. know. 
So for me, I'm not that kind of person. Once again, I'm, I have always been very blessed. It's always been, okay, this is the brand. <laughs> this yes. is the brand of milk powder. They just drink all the way. It's either breast milk or this. You know, I, I, and, and, and the one I got uh, probably was like, uh, maybe not like really lactose, lactose. So a lot of people will try to change to soy milk. But it's like a, a, a very, very serious concern because mm. uh, the, the child will portray some maybe uh, spitting, uh, maybe I don't know diarrhea or something mm. but mostly a lot of like maybe uh, indigestion mm. and stuff like that and it will be closely related to oh because my child is lactose intolerant mm. but mm. I personally feel that it might be a word that's overly used and it may not even actually have a lot of truth to it yeah because when the, the young baby um, your digestion system is still not mature when you were sick when you were on medication, everything will be flushed out. So the thing that flushed out is your enzyme. So which is the lactase that help you to digest the milk, lactose. Mm -hmm. So when baby was sick, having diarrhea or even viral infection, that's why the doctor recommend you to change to soy product to, for a period of time. Doesn't mean that your baby is lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's not because they are lactose to begin with, then we, we are choosing the wrong formula. We are bad parents. No, it's because the baby may be sick. They have viral infection, diarrhea. Everything has been flushed out. No, not enough enzyme to help them digest mm -hmm. the milk. So to, to ease their symptom, doctor will say, okay, change the soy formula for mm -hmm. a period of time. After that, you can go back to your original formula. Okay, mm -hmm. that's one step. Another thing is for lactose intolerance, yes, it's very quite common in Asian. Asian is very easy to get lactose intolerance. So the, the risk is quite high than the Western people. But still, why we call lactose intolerance, we not call lactose allergy. It's intolerance. So that's why the, the, the lactase in our digestive system need to be starting to build up. Okay. So um, if your baby already used to the breast milk, uh, you offer or the formula that original that you were using, fine. You don't have to change too much. Go always go back to the same brand mm. that you are trusted. And but if it's after one years old, they need to change to different milk. Um, um, if they do actually have lactose intolerance, you can always choose lactose free milk. Okay, and then or um, you can still use the special formula, the soy based formula, until they are two years old. After two years old, they can change to um, lactose-free milk or maybe a plant-based milk but the lactose intolerance you can build up okay so you can you can start building up more lactase in your system by uh, drinking a little bit of milk at, at each time don't because some people may be able to only digest quarter cup of uh, cow milk but they're not be able to digest whole whole cup like mm -hmm. one cup. So for people who have lactose intolerance you can always train you, you maybe drink a quarter cup um, for your breakfast, quarter cup for your lunch, quarter cup for your dinner, but not like whole cup for three cup per day, right? Mm -hmm. So you can always build up for that. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, the parents need to understand what's going on, why you need to change formula. Maybe your baby was having diarrhea or bacteria infection, viral infection. That's the reason to change formula. But you always can go back to the original formula. So what would be like a good recommendation So on babies, right? For mm -hmm. like, say like a 14 month old like a food eating schedule like when do they have snacks because they have oh, milk, then then they have 
like three meals a day? The feeding schedule. Okay. Because um, this one is, is your personal question that you sent. You say your son was keep asking. Okay. So first thing you need to create a general feeding schedule, like a daycare. Okay, so you, you know how you send your baby to a childcare and then they do have a fixed schedule. Mm -hmm. So they say, okay, what time to drop off and what time to eat snack, what is the play time, and then we have lunch, right? Same thing, if you are stay home mom or you are work from home right now, and then yes, you also need a very rigid schedule, okay, to, to stick to it. And uh, so basically, I, I kind of create the schedule for you. Like I say, okay, let's say we wake up at seven. And then after half an hour, 7.30, then we have breakfast, okay? You always offer the food first, uh, first half an hour or one hour after they're waking up. Mm -hmm. So you have breakfast. So two and two and a half hours later, they do have a snack, okay? If they late, I know like right now, lots of people work from home and, you know, same as my son, he only have afternoon school, then he can sleep until like eight, nine o'clock. Then he probably skip the, skip the snack in the morning. He will just eat breakfast, wait until lunch. Two and two and a half hour later, he will have lunch. Lunch will be around 12.30. And then two and two, two, two and two and a half hour later, another afternoon snack. Okay. So then dinner. That will be around 5:30 or 6 o'clock. Okay, so the schedule in between, you want to space them out between two hours to four hours, depend on, because right now, if you have a 14 months, so that will be, I would say, because the stomach is very small, um, every meal, they're probably not going to eat a lot. You just put them as a six single meal, five single meal or six single meal, not like three meal, two snack. So, because the, the, the three years old, maybe can do like three meal, two snack, like will count as a snack, a little bit small portion size meal, a little bit bigger, but for uh, like, you know, one and a half years old and things like that. And then you probably will count them as a, every single meal is like a small meal, small snack, small meal. So because they're not going to eat a lot, right? So, so you still, the schedule have to be between two to four hours for them have an opportunity to eat. We call them opportunity. So have it's a chance to eat. of a milk intake, right? Yeah, so the, the, because right now he's 14 months, so the milk will be um, before he wake up and then nap time and then bedtime. Actually, he's still, still drinking at uh, non-sleepy times. Um, like what time? Is it between the breakfast and lunch or? When he wakes, uh, he will drink. Then half an hour, he will ask to eat. Then when I send him to school, the teachers will feed him again about maybe from him, him eating about one hour later. Mm. Then after that, he will drink again. And then after that, he will go for a nap. He wakes up for lunch. Mm. After lunch, maybe two hours later, he will drink. And then mm. he'll nap or something. Then at three, he will take a tea break. And then... At 4.30, he will drink again. Yeah. And then at 5.30, he will eat uh, dinner. And then at 6.30, he asks to drink because he wants to sleep. Yes. And then okay. he might ask for a drink again. And then in <laughs> 11, 12, he will ask to drink again. If he's very mm. hungry, he wakes to drink again at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. Alternatively, he will wake up at 4 plus 5 to ask for a drink. 
milk. So how was his appetite when come to lunch and dinner? Very good. Oh, okay. Because ideally, we want to cut the milk uh, intake into only two cup per day, which is 16 ounce. So that will be four ounce in the morning, can be four ounce in nap time, nap time during the day, four, four, and then another four at uh, bedtime. So that's it, four times per four ounces. So that's the ideally. But because he just jumped from 12 months to now 14 months, two, two months only, you can slowly cutting them down from three cup, two cup, which is like three cup is 24 ounce and then slowly down to 16 ounce. So um, if that milk intake was affecting his uh, hunger, like he's, like you say, he's asking for food, he want to eat, maybe the milk is no longer kind of fill him up. He want more um, other higher energy food. So like snacking food. He eats a lot, you know. <laughs> he actually eats the same portion almost as the brother. The brother, yeah. So, so if nothing affects his appetite, is is perfect. But again, ideally, um, the main, the main, the the milk intake usually we want to keep two to three cup per day. Um, if he's like having a lot of milk throughout the day, that can be affecting his um his appetite. Yeah. So it might 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 not be happening right now, but you you might want to keep in mind that like if he was sixteen months or eighteen months and still drinking that much. Then you may want to cut down at some point. And give mm -hmm. more solids, is it? Uh, give what? And give more solids. Solids, yes. The, the food, you know, like fruit and vegetable or cracker or muffin. They are very, they are very uh, somebody just gifted us a box of strawberries and they ate it finished. It's just the both of them. They ate it completely finished, a brand yeah. new box within like yeah. 20 minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the and then if, if they are asking, like you, you want to keep the gap in between. So I guess just give you a tip like saying that if you think that they eat too much, okay, so you think um, they are asking too much, like keep grazing the snack throughout the day, you might want to, like, like I say, you can draw a picture, putting the schedule out, let them understand when is the meal time, when is the night, the milk, milk feeding time, when is the... Um, snack time and then uh, the kitchen will be closed outside with this hour the kitchen will be closed so no more snack asking no more grazing um, we can, you can redirect them to other activity like you know reading book playing lego uh, biking and things like that so you want to redirect them because sometimes they're asking for milk like you probably want to pay attention in the next couple of days like if you're asking for milk for you is it because he just one he, he drink from bottle? My eldest, he has uh he has the association to the bottle. Mm. I can't so quit his milk. Sometimes it's not because they want the milk, it's because they want the, the yeah. yeah comfort. Yeah. Um so that's why I think for is, my second son, he is like just because he's hungry. Mm. He doesn't have the habit of holding the bottle throughout the night. But my yes. eldest son will suckle on the bottle even if it's already just empty. Yeah, so some, sometimes the kids will associate it with the, the comfort because they want uh, the sucking and then they want chewing something. So that's why it's not because they are hungry. They're mm. asking for milk. It's not because they want that milk. It's because they want that nipple. They want chew something. They want suck mm. something. Yeah. So do they have awareness like for young kids like that, that that they are actually full? 
Yes, they do. Um, um, even young baby, like six months, seven months, they don't know how to communicate. Uh, most of them, I, I, I definitely, if you pay attention, caregiver, even grandparents, mom and dad, if you feed your baby, even you, you spoon feed or even you do baby lap weaning, and uh, you, you can still see from their reaction, like, let's say talk about spoon feed, if you spoon feed them, their head will turn. Okay, their hand will kind of like flipping everywhere and, you know, pushing you away. That means they are, they are full. Okay, some parents will teach their baby how to uh, showing uh, when they are full. So the parent will say, okay, can you tell mommy if you're full, your tummy is full here. So the mommy will kind of rubbing their tummy or maybe they, they use sign language. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm full, I'm done. So they use sign language. So when the baby unable to communicate, but the same thing as baby led winning. If you start seeing baby playing, like you know, throwing everything and crying and um, and not interested in the food anymore, that will be the showing that they are done. Okay. So I think this is very important to teach them to listen to their hunger and fullness cue because that will help you to reduce the obesity rate. Because uh, we uh, for the spoon feeding, we tend to overfeed them. Okay, because we, we have expectation. We already prepared the porridge, the parade. We have expectation want them to finish the whole thing. Okay, so um, even they still have a couple spoonful left, then we still want to like, huh, they already, already finished <laughs> right now. So we still have three spoonful. Why not feed them, right? Just finish it, right? Yeah, so then I can clean the bowl. But uh, so the point is, um, for the spoon feed and baby led weaning, the only difference is parent control and uh, baby control. So yes, for parents who want to do TW and FF at home, you want to completely let your baby to listen to their own uh, lead because even you do TW and FF, you feed them if they showing the sign that I'm done, I don't want anymore, I'm crying, you should stop. Can you still baby lead? Yeah. What's FF and TW? Uh, finger food. TW is traditional feeding, traditional weaning. Oh, okay. So that would be spoon feeding and finger Traditional food. weaning, okay. Mm. So commercial, a lot of people will give commercial baby cereals, right? Mm. Uh, I, I personally feel that it's unhealthy and it's pretty processed. So recently there was also a brand that uh, they say that they had too much arsenic. Mm. And the product was being recalled. So do you think so? They are actually unhealthy? Okay, I so for... I think they're unhealthy, right? The cereal. <laughs> okay, so first thing, if you don't have time to prepare, what can you choose, right? So so um, I'm not blaming the, the parent that say uh, this food is very unhealthy. So if you don't have time, this is the choice for you to go for but definitely choose a brand that you are uh, you trust. Okay, it's good reputation one. But still, when come to rice product, you don't want to only choose rice base. You want to choose mixed grain, uh, oat oat base, you know oat uh, oat cereal or maybe quinoa cereal and thing like that. So you mix it up. Okay, so you maybe buy a couple bag. Okay, don't just buy uh, plain rice blend um, cereal base so or even just the brown rice uh, cereal so you want to buy like mixed one oat meatlet quinoa uh, do it yourself 
or, or, or you can mix it up. So every single day, then you mix it up. Because this is a quick, easy way to get more iron for your baby. Because those uh, rice cereal, they already fortify with iron. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for those babies who are unable to do like uh, baby led weaning right away or doing finger food, they may be premature. They may be uh, born with low iron and things like that. They do have um, lots of different uh, complications, things like that. They need high iron diet. After six months, then probably the rice base, uh, this kind of cereal is good for them. But again, for my recommendations, parents can always do homemade one. Or if you don't have time to do it, you can buy a bag of those. But like I say, this product will only give you like six, seven eight months, then at that time, you need to slowly transition them to solid. So mm. you're not going to stick to the, that kind of rice-based product for mm -hmm. forever, mm -hmm. only for two or three months. Yes, they are very small. At the beginning, like I say, they're not going to eat a lot. They probably eat a couple of teaspoons. Okay, so you're not going to feed them to a whole bowl like an adult. Mm -hmm. So then you're not going to get too much of arsenic. So, but make sure you buy the, a good trusted brand. Okay. So yeah. one, one of the things that we're going to discuss today, which is like coming to the end of our segment, is food rejection. <laughs> Picky eating, yay. So uh, so how should parents deal with picky eaters? So okay, like one, one of the few like examples are like, uh, maybe they have been eating porridge, right? So mm. they are not doing BLW, so they've been eating porridge. And suddenly mm. the child just decided that they have enough Yes. And the mother just don't know what else to offer and uh, what yeah. to do. This is like, ah, huh? maybe they were shocked that yeah. the child just doesn't want to take porridge anymore. Mm -hmm. So the so my 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 goal, my message to the parent is you never stuck with the food that you never offer just the food the baby only will eat, okay? So you always want variety. So um, because you think that they love it, they love your porridge, like the pumpkin porridge or sweet potato porridge or potato porridge, you're over cooking the same thing over and over again. Who want to eat the same thing over and over again for the three to four months, right? Two, three to four months. So, so if the baby decided, yes, I have enough, is enough, I want to move on other texture, or other kind of food, I, I see your plate is more interested than my porridge, then why not changing it? Change your mindset and uh, maybe start offering different things. Like maybe you can offer noodles, you can offer fried rice. Um, um, so yes, yeah, so if they're rejecting, then parents first, you need to prepare because no one wants to stuck with the same texture, same taste mm -hmm. for so long, okay? What? So... So then they, they see you eat differently than them. And then the baby will copying you. They want to copy what mommy eating, mm -hmm. what their sibling is eating. And so, yes, you, you want to start offering different texture, different shape, because they start getting more interested outside of that small bowl. Mm. So I, I remember um, you. So when that do, yes, preparing type so i remember just now you mentioned that if the child is eating like 20 variety in a week yes that's still okay right no okay so if i mean like the, the only food acceptance they only have less than 20 okay so the only 20 is okay we want to expand more and more, right? So the, our goal is to more and more and more. If they only stuck with 
20, like so example, like, you know, cracker, and then they only eat uh, porridge, they only eat a um, couple of uh, fruit, like, you know, let's say blueberry, grapes, and orange, apple. And this 20 food maybe have like eight or nine is out of fruit, but no veggies, maybe not lots of meat, right? So it's lots of kind of like cracker and bread that you offer. So they, uh, the, the, the list is very limited. If you introduce new food to them, they will never accept it. So they will always reject it. So that which means they are very extreme picky eater. And then at the same time, we need to consider if they have any sensory issue. If they reject it, so then we need to take a look at that. We need to assess what's, what's the problem. Is it they are sick, teen, they have sensory issue, or they have... Um, maybe they, the, the, the taste is, is not good, like maybe too sour, maybe the, how the mom cook, right? So they, they always steam, like they don't um, put any kind of different taste in it, like spices or herb in it. So that's why the, the food always tastes bland and then they don't like it. Um, so you can roast it, your veggies, you can stir fry your veggies, you can put some oil dipping, you can dip on yogurt, hummus, uh, guacamole so to enhance the the the, the flavor but um, but if they are very from that 20 list they keep cutting down so now they had 20 so maybe for a period of time because you know that they love this 20 food so then you keep offering the same thing over and over and we'll get for three weeks then uh, suddenly they cut it down to 15 then eight then five then now is the problem because the parents are out of idea they only no, the kids will only eat these five food: chicken nugget, French fries, uh, pizza, or maybe um, just you know apple or grapes. Five. So they couldn't expand the list. Then it's time for you to search for help, um, your doctor or your maybe your uh, feeding team, feeding therapies, or maybe dietitian. The least will be uh, a mixture of from rice all the way to like fruits, vegetables. Yes, all for group. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So, and then don't worry if they are rejecting the first time. I want to tell parents the message is if they're rejecting the first time, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're not going to be accepted or they dislike. Maybe is the timing is not right. Maybe they are full. Maybe uh, the food presentations like look not very good or something. Um, you you need to offer at least up to fifteen to eighteen times, fifteen okay. to eighteen times. So you oh, mentioned yeah. about you mentioned about the broccoli. So so or you know like cauliflower, they are kind of look like the same. So for example, like if you start offering broccoli for now. For the first time, they probably feel like, oh, this is so scary. It looked like a tree or something. They want to just play with. They just kind of pick everything. You know, the broccoli flowers is like everywhere. They're not eating it yet, but um, you need to keep offering 15 times, at least 15 times until they actually pick up the food, put it into the mouth and taste it. This is a process. The parents need to be patient, need mm-hmm. to be trust. The baby can do it. For example, my son, right, Samuel, he is very... When he was young, he was okay with mayonnaise. Mm. Then suddenly, after the, the joke that I made, he <laughs> yes. was not okay with mayonnaise. Okay, I understand that. But mm. uh, but he also has this very sensitive taste. But that means he can like... You can feed him a spoon of a mixture of things. And yes. 
somehow swallow those that he wants to and then eliminate that on his tongue and take it out. So I'm just thinking to myself that, say for example, he don't accept me on his right. Could it just also be preference as a person? Because we all yeah, have- it can be. Yeah, because everyone have different preference, right? Because like, for example, I don't like durian. Everyone loves durian, right? Muslim king <laughs> and my husband love it. And then he just saying that, oh, now you're pregnant. You probably should. I should buy more Muslim king for you. Maybe the baby will love it in the future. Because when I was in Canada, we have no durian, right? So when I'm pregnant in Canada, like there's no exposure for me during pregnancy to eat durian that kind of texture so that's why my son and I is the only in the family don't like doing <laughs> so anyway so 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 yes so um you might you might want to try different way to offer it um and keep don't but at the same time for food rejecting picky eating uh it's the parents point of view how your mindset because yeah. our goal is to get the kid to eat it but the, for the kid, their, their, their standpoint is, I want to play. I want to learn what it is. Uh, I'm hungry. I will eat it. If I'm not hungry, I'm not interested. I'm not going to touch it, even touch it, or even put it into my mouth. That's their standpoint. But for us, it's like, come on, eat it. Just you know, get it over with. Then I can clean up, right? So that's why um, for us, like I say, uh, the point of eating is come with learning and playing. Mm-hmm. And then they start to learn. Um, after around eight, nine months, they know how to fill up themselves. They know, oh yeah, actually food can fill me up. Mm-hmm. I don't need more milk anymore. I can actually eat until I'm full, then I can cut back my milk intake. So that's a transition parents need to be understand. If they're rejecting today, you might want to try diff- um, offer different texture, different presentation, different cooking way to to uh, to introduce that veggies again. So what do you think about like children who actually prefer outside food better than home cooked food? And um, if they actually want to take outside, and you know, like in Singapore, there's a lot of like busy parents. Uh, mm. What do you think of like outside food for like between one year old to three? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, at, at least that's my minimum threshold, uh, Because when my I had my first son, I was very protective. Then my second mm-hmm. one, I'm like, I just eat together, like, you know. Yes, but, yes. But before one year old, he always eat like at least food that Clean. home. Yeah, like porridge yeah. that we uh uh cook or like uh sweet potatoes that we steam, you know, or like eggs that kind of thing. And um, so do you think that outside food is actually too salty or like too unhealthy for uh, children between the age of one to three? Because I know of like some of my friends, they're like, I have like, the daughter only eat French fries or something like that. I don't know, like Mm-mm-mm. something that I probably will not be able to accept as a parent. So yeah. I think it's depend on the family dynamic, like mm-hmm. depend on how often you eat out. Okay. The reason you eat out, uh, be relaxed. Like if you just a family day out, you know, uh, on the weekend, you you guys don't want to cook at home, just go to the zoo or maybe garden and you guys um, get into a fast food restaurant or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, that's fine. It's, a, it's still an experience for the kids to experience the outside food. But yes, it's true. They are very high in sugar, high in salt. And uh, the soda drink can be very high in sugar. Uh, mm-hmm. caffeine as well in it so but again we will never 
completely protect them from it. Maybe until, like you say, until one years old, and after you have a second, then you have third, then you, yeah, so you, you just kind of relax for a little bit. But the point is, I think it's the positive way how you teach your kids. You will tell the kids, this is just the outside food. We're not going to eat it every day. The chicken nuggets, the pizza, um, or even the burger, um, or even just the in the like fine dining restaurant, and you order those um, stir fry thing, stir fry noodles, and stir fry mihun and thing like that. And you just tell them this is some uh, when we're eating out, it's just a family day. We eat out, um, we we eat this kind of food. It's not every day, but it's just uh, just uh, for fun. But when we get home, we eat mommy cook or grandparents cook for that. So um, the point is to tell them food is food. When we're hungry, we eat, okay? We, we need to use a positive way to communicate with them. You don't want to put the ice cream or the pop or um, burger or fries as a very demanding food. Let's say, oh, you will never eat it at home. If you love the burger, why not we do it at home? You make some homemade burger. You make some homemade fries, mm -hmm. okay? So um, that will be different, like different way to communicate with them. You don't want to make the the fast food um, or so even um, the what? To make them so special, right? Yeah, make them very special. Like the 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 kids were always demanding, like, oh yeah, when we eat out, we always have to go to that restaurant. Mm -hmm. So that's why you uh, don't want to make them special. As when you're talking and we say, okay, today we. Uh, happen to be eating out because we are out with um, visiting um, friends or you know go to museum or zoo or anything like that we just eat out as a special day picnic day but um, but for the normal day we usually eat at home but um, and then if you go to a fine dining restaurant my tips is always you don't have to order kids meal you don't have to order like the they do like some fine dining restaurant they do have a uh, kids portions you don't have to because most of the time is not the very healthy options I will usually still order the adult meal you know as a you know as a have a salad on the site and have a maybe potato or bread on the site and then I will share with my kids so because the kids one usually is always deep fries or maybe still high in salt nothing better um, so I will still order the adult ones and then we can share for the portions. Mm -hmm. So what would be like one of the takeaway that you want to give the parents uh, as we come to the end of this podcast? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the end of the podcast, I have two messages. So first thing is to, is to remain your feeding goal. I don't talk about feeding goal in your podcast today, but uh, let me repeat, like feeding goal uh, for my whole concept is your job as a parent is to stick to what you offer, what time. So like I say, creating a general feeding schedule, where, where you're going to eat your food. So it can be like dining out, can be in the, your, um, in your grandparents' house or maybe in your dining room. Um, so these three is your control. You control it. Doesn't matter you go for baby led weaning or parade. Or spoon feeding so you control what you offer you what food you buy what you want baby sit on the high chair you know dining room or maybe you guys outside picnic um, the timing you control the timing milk feeding and your food intake feed um, uh, time so that's your job job feeding rules and your child feeding rules is how much to eat and whether or not to eat what you offer so we are not, doesn't matter you do baby led weaning or spoon. 
feeding. Mm-hmm. So um, they they say they done, they done. Don't force them to eat another two mm-hmm. bites. Uh, no pressure on meal time. No pressure on the dining table. Um, let them decide how much they want to eat. And if they uh, one more snack after just right after the the, the meal time, tell them kitchen will be closed. Okay, no food in between until so and so time. Okay, we can do reading. We can do Lego right now. We can go outside biking. No food until next time. Until next meal time. So um, if they're not gonna eat good in this meal, they're gonna wait until next. So they will automatic understanding. Oh yes, we do have a feeding schedule at home. Cause same as a daycare, like if daycare. They, they, they're not going to compensate for every single kid. If all the kids, like 20 kids, not going to eat right now. So every kid may be like, here, come back asking for biscuit. Here, come back asking for pudding, yogurt. And the teacher will be crazy. So we want to do the same thing at home too, right? If you're not finishing your meal, it's okay. I'm not forcing you to eat. But you wait until next snack time, Okay. So kitchen will be closed. So that's feeding rules. You want to uh, stick to your gun. Don't let your kids decide what they want to eat. Okay. And the next one is to trust them. Um, Doesn't matter you use spoon feeding or your baby led weaning and you want to trust them. They can learn. Okay. Some baby um, progress can be fast, can be slow, like Mm -hmm. walking, same thing. In the end, they will walk. Same thing, eating in the end, they will still eat. So whenever they are ready, they they are ready. So you always prepare, like I say, stick to your feeding rules. You get everything ready. They, when they're ready, they're hungry until around eight, nine months. So they will start um, increasing their intake. For the beginning, like six to eight months, they're probably still playing and learning Mm. for every single new thing. So um, don't expect them to eat a lot. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So trust is the is the foundation of when come to feeding a children. Mm. Yeah. So um, we, prior to this podcast, I actually uh, allowed some of the parents to drop me some questions. I think most of mm. it was uh, being answered. Uh, there's just this one question that uh, was quite specific. So uh, I, I'm just going to throw this question to you because I also don't know how to answer. Uh, she actually has a two-year-old who's actually very fussy and she hardly eats her meals. Uh, she, however, loves to drink milk. So this is a two-year-old girl. She... Mm-hmm drinks at least uh, 700 ml a day over three feet. Mm. But she, the parent is worried that uh, she might not actually be getting enough nutrients from the solids. Yeah. So yeah. she is thinking like how she actually can resolve this. Mm-hmm. So two years old, supposed to be only drinking 500 milliliter of milk per day. So which is like two cup, like I say, only stick to two cup. Um, and then, so first thing the parents need to do is to cut back the milk, okay? Um, I'm not sure about her milk feeding schedule. Maybe she need to cut back the, the, the middle day and then she just feed the milk in the morning before it go to childcare uh, or, or like waking up and then wait until, wait a couple hours then have breakfast. Mm-hmm. So then, or the nighttime feeding, then you only keep the nighttime and the, day, uh, the morning night and morning. So the daytime, just focusing on food. So yes, if you worry about the nutrients, 
um, you we need to look at the whole picture about the, the food, the schedule, the food, what has been offered and things like that. Um, so is it enough for food group every single meal? Um, how much they have been eating? Because two years old supposed to be eating by themselves um, and uh, supposed to become to a table hungry. Okay, so uh, first thing, drop the milk and set up the feeding schedule, which is the mealtime schedule. You know, you have milk, breakfast, lunch, and then dinner, and then uh, bedtime milk. Okay, so try to stick to this three meal, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner first, mm -hmm. and then and see how the, the, the kids come to table uh, reaction. Like, is it hungry? Is it... Uh, is it still not interested and thing like that? So we'll, we'll go from there because we will set three meal, but no snack in between yet. Let the let the kids come to table hungry, okay? So um, and then then we'll go from there because um, if you're afraid of the nutrient, some parents maybe will go ahead and get some multivitamin uh, supplement. Um, at the same time, when they changing up a different feeding schedule, uh, because just in case, because parents is really worried, right? Um, mm. But if you worry, you can bring them to see pediatric um, and then dietitian or maybe a physician to check, to get, get something checked if the weight drop or um, they, are, they have any other thing going on or uh, viral infections or they are sick or anything, teen or anything like that. There's actually a lot of information on uh, just uh, feeding. Uh, yes. Of, well, like the weight, what? six months old to like three year old one two year old uh and it's yes, always like the that's a lot person. yeah there's so much knowledge in this and uh, it's really mm -hmm. for me because uh i feel like this is like so not enough <laughs> and uh but i'm really very thankful for today and do check out okay so we've come to the end of the podcast and uh We'll see if uh, we have more topics to discuss in future. Maybe we can continue, uh, like have getting to come out onto the podcast again to share with us like even more in depth on like specific topics. So, uh, but on 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 like right now, I'm just really very blown away, and I would definitely know that I need to come out for schedule for my child. So, um, <laughs> do check her out on like simplebalancenutrition.com. Uh, she actually holds like causes and stuff like that for parents to understand uh, what, what kind of causes. Uh, the courses, uh, I have one courses is based um Chinese. So the courses content is Chinese uh, mm -hmm. because I found that in Malaysia, Singapore don't have a lot of Chinese content because usually it's coming from Taiwan or China. So mm -hmm. that's when I developed the courses uh, using Chinese Mandarin. Mm -hmm. So because then grandparents can can check out the courses too, right? Mm -hmm. So then um, is focusing on picky eating okay. and my food eater as well. So, so yes, yeah, so we'll be more focusing on picky eating. That's called peaceful meal time. And then and I have another guy, which is sensory food play. We talk about food play because lots of parents worry about messy, uh, playing food, wasting food. But uh, we do have uh, a guy for the parents to, to help them to, uh, for the kids to being uh, more uh, explode the food and accept, increase their acceptance to the food. So that will be the food play guy. We have 101 activity for the parents from baby, like six months old, to until over five years old. So I do have a single category, every single category for one activity 
like six months old, what they can play with, and then five years old, what they can play with. So parents can buy that guy and then you can uh, play at home with your kids if you want to explore more sensory play like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm very blessed. Uh, I have learned new things and it's definitely confirmed some of the things that I think about and I'm really happy about it. Uh, so if you actually like this podcast, share with your friends. Uh, go to mommyclucker.com for resources. Uh, all the schedule of the episodes are there, those that we have recorded and those that are actually coming up. And if, if you have any more questions about nutrition or any problems that you're facing with your child, feel free to DM us, uh, DM me, and we'll see if there's like a lot more DMs, then we're just going to come up with another show yes. again. Yeah. So thank you so much, I think, for today, yes. your time, your knowledge. Mm -hmm. all the 10 over years accumulative of knowledge that has been compiled for us today mm -hmm. uh, and yes uh, parents do continue to do your BLW if you can't just do partial of it you know don't be too highly strong over it it's not a big deal don't go quarreling with your parents or over over a concept you know you, there's always many chances for parents to expose their children to yeah. uh, like baby lab weaning like finger food and stuff like that Mm -hmm. And don't worry too much about choking. Just make sure that you cut them to small pieces, wash them. And that's all we have for our podcast today for our episode. So continue to like our episode, go on, subscribe, do all the things that you have to do. And I will see you guys very soon for the next episode. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. If you like it, subscribe, follow, share, and like. I will see you next time for the next episode, right here on The Parent Thing.